and they did not cease to teach and preach Jesus as the Christ, going from house to house. Heavenly Father, we beseech thee, rain down thy Holy Spirit upon this thy servant, and proclaimer of the good news in thy Son, Jesus Christ. Send thy Holy Spirit to guide, direct, and lead him, and to proclaim boldly through him the good news of our life and salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It is a joy to be here with you today. I appreciate my good friend, Father Michael, inviting me to preach and share the Word of God. I hear something, some heavenly noise. Well, my name, as he said, is Rob Woods. I pastored here in Marlboro for 15 years, and God led my wife and I in a new direction, and uh, we're pursuing that new direction, continuing to share the love of Jesus Christ and preach the gospel wherever he sends us. As I was looking at the lessons this morning, God began to direct and guide me in a certain way. Uh, Father Michael sent me what the readings were. And the one thing that popped out to me that really made, made me want to share this morning on 2 Chronicles was the idea of calling. Calling. Before we get into that, The first thing I do whenever I preach is I ask you to raise your Bibles in the air because it signifies that this is God's holy word over us. It directs us, guides us, leads us. And we acknowledge that it is His authoritative and infallible word. So if you have your Bibles today and you're not uncomfortable doing this with me, I am Pentecostal, by the way, as he continues to remind me. Would you raise your Bibles in the air and let us pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up this book to You, this love letter from You to us, and we ask today that You would illuminate the Scriptures to our hearts and minds, that Your Holy Spirit would guide and direct my speech today, and that Your words would go forth in power and might and impact this congregation Father, we pray for those who are walking to and fro in front of this facility today, this church, and we ask God that those who are outside will someday be inside this place, that Father, this congregation will reach out into their neighborhood, French Hill, and they will see a multitude come to know Christ. They will see people saved, sanctified, and delivered from their sin because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. We thank you for that, and all God's people would say, Amen. Amen. Well, as we read the lesson this morning, we find that Elijah walks up to Elisha and throws his mantle upon him. Now, a mantle is basically his robe, his, his outer robe that he, carry, that, he, that he wears. When he gets cold, he puts it over his head. As he walks, it, it's a warming to him. But it signifies God's covering over him. It signifies that God walks with him. And as he walked past Elijah, he threw that mantle upon him. 
You see, just days earlier, Elijah had felt like he was alone. Elijah had felt like no one, no one but he was serving God. And God spoke to him and said, there are 7,000 people who have not bowed down to Baal. There are 7,000 people. You are not alone, Elijah. And so Elijah was encouraged and God told him, go find Elisha. You'll find him in the field. He'll be plowing his field. And there he found Elijah and threw that mantle upon him. And that mantle represented God's covering now to fall upon Elisha. Now sometimes as we read it, when you translate from a different language, it, it sounds a bit confusing. But let me paraphrase what went on there for you this, this morning. When Elisha received that mantle, he asked the prophet, can I go and say goodbye to my family? Can I go and leave the life I know and say goodbye to all that I know and follow what God's calling me to do? Now, as you read it, it may sound like Elijah said, what have I done? Go do what you need to do. No, Elijah was saying, yes, go. I give you my permission and think about, dwell on what you've been called to do. And so that's what Elijah did. Elijah went back and Elijah took his old life. He took the plow that he was using and he tore it up and he used it as fodder to fire up a sacrifice of the oxen to God. And all the people came around and he told them he was leaving. He told them what his calling was and he left that place. Today I want to speak to you about calling. God has called you here to this place. It's taken nine years? Nine years to find yourself in this place. You know, I heard the story some weeks ago I was here when your bishop was here and you were giving him the keys. And he was returning the keys so you could do the work of the Lord and spread the Gospel in this area. And I was awestruck by this congregation that after losing your home on Union Street, you led a processional, a processional down into the city of Marlboro to where you would stay for the next seven plus years at the United Methodist Church. You never gave up hope. You never lost sight of what God had called you to do, and that was to be here in this city. That was to come to this place, this facility that sat dormant for years, this facility whose doors needed to be reopened. And that's why today I want to speak to you about Hezekiah. It's all about the calling. Elijah left everything to follow God. Hezekiah was called to be the king, the king of Judah, and lead the people back to God. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 29. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 4, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 to 4. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. And he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. His mother was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord, just as his ancestor David had done. In the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened, he reopened the temple of the Lord and repaired the doors. He summoned the priests and the Levites to meet with him at the courtyard in the east of the temple without the proper context. 
We can't understand what Hezekiah is really doing. You see, his father, King Ahaz, was a wicked king. His father, King Ahaz, brought all the worship to false gods back to the people of Judah. His father Ahaz shut the doors of the temple so no one could come in and worship God Almighty. His father Ahaz moved the altar of God out of the way and he instructed the people to come and worship an altar that he built after plans of what he saw of the Assyrian gods. And so for 16 years the people were led astray. And Hezekiah at 25, the Bible says at 25, he came into power, he came to rule, and he had a heart like David had. That means he had a heart after God. And when I look at you, this congregation, I see a people with a heart after God. I see a people who long to see God move in their neighborhood of French Hill and in the community of Marlboro. I see a people who are not willing to give up when things get tough, when things become difficult. This morning as we were speaking before service, Father Michael said it was really hot last week. It was hot. And he says, I was just full of perspiration through this baby dedication and other things I did. And I'm listening. I'm thinking, wow, it's too bad that you don't have AC. I'm thinking to myself, he says, and we have AC. We just can't afford to turn it on. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That you are a group of people who persevere. Because I don't know if I could do that. We would find some way to turn that AC on. But you persevere, just like Hezekiah persevered. You see, he stood before a people who no longer wanted to serve God, who no longer knew God. Outside those doors are our people who've forgotten who God is. Outside these doors are our people who don't know the love of God, who've never experienced the love of God. And you are the ones to walk outside these doors and be the Jesus they need to see. You are the ones to share His love. You are the ones to share the Gospel. You are the ones to speak the truth and see people transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, it's okay to say amen. I'm used to that. King Hezekiah, he couldn't do it alone. Your pastor, Father Michael, cannot do it alone. And I can see that there's a group of people. You know, he, I come from a different church heritage and background. And yet, when I'm here in this place, I enjoy the liturgicalness of what you do. I enjoy seeing the choir in the, uh, coming in the processional. I enjoy seeing the men and women in the back praying together and preparing their hearts to serve the Lord. I enjoy seeing them at the back and, and as they're getting ready and as they're, they're putting their hearts and minds, focusing them on God and allowing the Spirit to, to dwell and just direct them. You don't know how good you have it in this place. You don't know how good God is to you with the people He's brought around you. And I'm here to tell you that it is good 
You are a great congregation that God has called and He's going to bless and you're going to see growth because your eyes are focused on Him. I don't say that to every congregation I preach to. I know your pastor and I know his heart is to see God's Spirit move upon this community and people come to know Christ. His heart is to bring the church, capital C, together. And I believe God's birthing that same vision in you. Why did I choose Hezekiah today? Because in human terms, Hezekiah had everything against him. God has done miracle after miracle to get you in this place. God has kept this congregation together through all sorts of things. You who know the history know what you've gone through. And God says, I'm still with you today and I have something great in store for you. Ladies and gentlemen, this past week I've been told that Baptists were in this place. Even in the Assemblies of God, we rarely let Baptists in. And yet, you Anglicans, allow them to come in and paint your sanctuary. Paint the nave. You see, when we look at one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, and we cross the denominational barriers, then great things can happen through God. Hezekiah wanted to celebrate the Passover the story goes, and he just didn't focus on the people of Judah. He didn't focus on those who were in his little group. What he did was send out runners. These runners, they were gifted with speed. And so they could run and run and run and send. He, they were messengers for the king. Some of you in this place, you're the runners. You're the runners who go out there as messengers for the King of kings and Lord of lords. You speak on His behalf. You speak from what your pastor shares with you and tells you to speak and share. You're the runners. The runners ran out to all of Israel. Ephraim, Manasseh, Zebulun, Naphtali. And guess what the response was from the majority of the people? They laughed at them. They laughed at them, church. They said, this is absurd. We don't want to go and celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. We don't want to go and leave our comfort. We don't want to go and go and, and, and be in your presence. And yet the Bible says there were those who humbled themselves from Ephraim and Manasseh and Naphtali. And they went... And God did something in them because the runners ran, because Hezekiah was willing to send them, because Hezekiah got the priests and the Levites back together and he said to those priests and Levites, you're neglecting your duties. Get back on the job. Get back out there and do what you've been called to do. God's telling us as the church to do that this morning. We are to do what we are called to do. We all have a, a calling from God and that is to share the good news message. But each of you as individuals, you have a certain talent and a gift. You may be the runner. You may be the Levite. You may be one of the priests. But all of you have a certain talent or a gift. And when you come together, you make up the body of Christ. The church of God that reaches out and impacts the community around you. Only by preaching Jesus can the darkness can the darkness 
be lifted. Hezekiah, he led them in worship to God. And the Bible says, the Bible says that when they came back together, after the Passover, those Israelites went back to their homeland. And throughout Judah, Ephraim, Manasseh, throughout the towns, they tore down every pagan symbol. They tore down every altar to the pagan gods. They tore them down, burned them up, ground them up into ash, and let them blow in the wind. The Bible says that their lives were impacted by God and their actions showed it. Some of you over the last few months You've experienced God in a way like you've never experienced Him before. And God is stirring in you. He's stirring in you something that you've never, never had in you before. It's a fire like Jeremiah had shut up in your bones. And you're getting to the point that you just want to move. You're getting to the point that you want to jump up and down. You're getting to the point that you're getting excited about Jesus because He's someone to get excited about. Amen? Amen! Ladies and gentlemen, God is moving in this city. For 15 years, we prayed for God to move in this city. For 15 years, we said, Lord, would you please raise up leaders and release them to restore the kingdom of heaven in this city. My wife and I never realized that before we saw that come to fruition, he'd move us, remove us from this place. But as I preach in this place today, I'm in awe of the hand of God. I'm in awe of the fact that God allowed your congregation through the leadership of your pastor and, and your, your deacons and elders to reopen the doors of this temple. This temple was shut. This house of God was closed. And it was sitting here idle. And now, every day of the week, there's someone here worshiping the Lord. Is there not? Every morning, there's someone who comes in and is served communion. Every, every day, God's name is praised upon these grounds and worshipped. And you may not see it at this moment, but the neighborhood is taking notice. The neighborhood is seeing people come in this place with smiles and leave with smiles. They're seeing people transformed by the power of God, and that's just what happened in the nation of Israel. When they went back to their towns, they got rid of all the sinful stuff in their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, people are seeing you as light in the darkness. And your light is shining upon them and that light is letting them see truth. And that truth is leading them to the cross. And the cross is leading them to Christ and salvation through Him. And that is changing and transforming them. Don't think less of yourselves because you're not someone who walks in the processional or recessional in this church. Don't think less of yourself because you say, well, my only ability is I can change, change a, a toilet paper in the bathroom. Believe me, when you're in the bathroom without toilet paper, you're glad. <laughs> Who that one? Who knows how to use the toilet paper dispenser? Every little thing matters in God's kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, Hezekiah saw a great move of the Lord and he blessed them. And I believe today, because of your faithfulness, because of your perseverance with Jesus Christ and trusting in Him, that God is going to continue to bless Holy Trinity Anglican Church. That God is going to continue to speak to you and through you as long, here's the caveat, 
as long as you obey what he tells you to do. As long as you follow the scriptures and do his will. Because in Hezekiah's time, that's how they were blessed. They followed the Lord. God wants you to follow him today. If there's anything in your life this morning that you know is a problem between you and God, today's the day to say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. Today's the day to say, I don't want to watch that stuff on TV anymore if it's going to pull me away from you. I don't want to have this relationship with this person anymore if they're going to drag me away from you. I don't want to read this on the internet if it's going to cause me to fear and fret and worry and complain and grumble and mumble and pull me away from you. During Hezekiah's time, they were focused on doing God's will. And so that took precedent over all things. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us as the church to let God cleanse and purify us daily. First John says, if we claim we have no sins, we're a liar and God is not in us. For we all have sin. We must come to Him and confess our sin daily to Him and He will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. During Hezekiah's time, they realized that daily they made mistakes, they chose the wrong path, and they come to God and God says, I'm here for you because you're obeying me and you're humbling yourself before me. God will bless you abundantly when you do those things. And He's going to bless this church because I know your pastor. I know that he has a pipeline to God and he's teaching you that you have that same pipeline because God is no respecter of persons. He's teaching you how to pray. He's teaching you how to talk to the Master, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He's teaching you how to study the Word of God and apply it to your life. That's exactly what Hezekiah did. He's teaching you through others that he's taught and through others that God has brought here to teach you like the Levites and the priests in Hezekiah's time. Obey what God has said. Do what God has called you to do and you will see God do many wonderful things in this body. He wants to do it more than you want to see Him do it. I think of the Scripture in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, God will do immeasurably more than you could ever think or ask. He will do immeasurably more than you ever think or ask. So, some of you in this place, you've been praying for this place for years. You've been praying for God to open the doors so you could go into this community and love French Hill. And everything you've thought about, everything you've imagined, everything you've asked for, guess what? God's going to do it even better than that. God's going to do it even greater than that. God's going to do things that just rock your world and make you sit back and say, Woo! Wow! That's our God. Don't settle for what the enemy tells you you need to settle for. Hezekiah and those people in Judah didn't. And they saw God open the windows of heaven. I'm going to be praying that God provides you and this congregation with the financial means to turn the AC on. Amen. Amen. If I were to unzip my robe, you'd see what I mean. No, don't do it. But let me tell you something, friends. I'm not just going to pray for that. I'm going to pray for spiritual blessing. I'm going to pray for emotional blessing. I'm going to pray with you for financial blessing. 
Because during Hezekiah's time, it wasn't just the nation that was blessed, but individuals were blessed. Now, I'm not preaching a name it and claim it prosperity kind of thing. No. I'm saying that if you trust God and you give God what's God, God's going to bless you so that you can continue to bless others. God wants to do something. Some of you may be sitting here saying, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just kind of itching to get involved. I'm seeing there's one guy singing up here. Now, I know that summer, I know it, 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 not everybody's here. The ladies, beautiful choir. They got a great voice. But I'm sure there's some out there who'd, who could sing with their voice up here. I'm sure there's some of you out there who, who know how to work a vacuum. I mean, I've seen, it looks like somebody already knows how to work a vacuum. You know, God calls us to be faithful in the little things and then He opens the big, greater things to us. That's what He did during Hezekiah's time. That's what He did when He called Elijah. He said, come on! Take that mantle up and go. God's placing a mantle upon you. He's placing a mantle upon you to be His hands extended to French Hill. He's placing His mantle upon you to be a support to your pastor. To pray for him and his family, Christine and their daughters, daily! Daily, they need your prayers because daily they're under attack from the enemy. He's, pray, he's asking you to pray for your leaders. He's asking you to pray for these faces that you see every week. He's asking you to pray for one another because that's what they did during Hezekiah's time and God blessed and God honored their prayers. The Bible says that there was so much of a blessing from God they didn't know what to do with it all. At one point, God had used Hezekiah to tell the people to bring back the tithe to the storehouse. And this is what happened. There was so much stuff there was so much stuff that came in from God, they had to build a whole new place just to put it in. They had to build a whole new structure. The priest came and said, so much stuff comes in, we, we, can't, we can't divvy it up among ourselves fast enough. God, I pray that blessing upon this congregation today. Not so you can get fat. On, your, on, your, on yourself and, and, and your finances and, and, and fat on blessings from God. No. So you can give even more to God. You can give even more to the people who need it. You can give even more to ones in the congregation who need it. I pray that blessing that He opens the windows of heaven and showers it down upon you. Physical, financial, emotional, spiritual blessing that just knocks your socks off. That's what God wants to do. That's the God we serve. Are you willing to accept the call? He calls us all out to be His children. He's calling you to do the will of the Father. The question is, are you willing to say yes? So many of you I know have already said yes. You're just like, Pastor Rob, you don't even know me. I've said it already. But some of you today need to say it again because you've forgotten what you said three years ago, four years ago, two weeks ago. It's time. It's time to say, I'm totally committed to you, God. I'm totally committed to the call you put on my life. I'm totally committed to this pastor, this leadership, this church, and the kingdom of God. I'm totally committed. That's what he's calling us to do today. That's what he's calling you to do today. Be like Hezekiah. Follow the Lord. Be like Elijah and say yes to the call. Leave behind the life that you once lived and look ahead to the new life that he has to give. Amen? Amen. Amen.
May I close? May I pray for them? Yes, please. I, I'd like you just to shut your eyes for a moment, if not to make anyone uncomfortable. I'm not going to poke you or anything while your eyes are shut. As your eyes are shut and you're, you're, you're contemplating, thinking about the things of God, I want you to think about what He's calling you to do. I want you to think about the gifts that He's given unto you that are lying dormant in your life. I want you to think about how you've settled for less than in certain areas and God's telling you right now, I have so much more I want to do in you, through you, for you. Just let me do it. Trust me. Commit your ways to me, God says. Heavenly Father, with these eyes closed and heads bowed, these people today, Lord, I pray that You speak into their hearts this morning. That, Father God, You begin to change in them those things that need to be changed. That, Father God, where they lack faith, You will give them greater faith. Where they are fearful or anxious over things, you'll remove that fear and anxiety and you'll give them a peace that passes all understanding. I ask today that you would bless them with your presence every morning, noon and night. That God, they will seek your face and Lord, when they seek you with all their heart, they will find you. Father God, I pray this prayer for every individual and now I pray for this church that You would open up the windows of heaven and God, You would fill these pews with people seeking You. You would fill these pews, these chairs, because the people in this place are going out into the highways and the byways and they're doing what they're called to do, loving others. I pray, God, that this church will become an anchor of faith and hope in this community. Not just for French Hill, but all of Marlboro. I pray, Father God, that You would do a mighty work through Pastor McKinnon, Father Michael, and his wife, and the leadership team here. I pray, God, that You would undergird them with Your strength, and that, God, You would hold them in Your hands, hold them in Your arms, Take hold of them with that mighty right hand and not let them go and let them see no matter what is before them, greater is He that is in them. And Father, they will see Your Spirit move and transform lives and remove barriers. I ask God that You would touch Your people today. And Lord, as I prayed these blessings over the people in this church, Father, if there's anyone in this place today who's struggling... Lord, they're struggling. I, I, I know that there'll be a time in the service later where they'll be having prayer in the back. Lord, I pray that God, they would put their faith and trust in You for whatever they're struggling in right now. Whether it's questioning You in their life, whether it's a work-related issue, whether, whether it's a relational problem, whatever it is that may be causing them to drift from You, God, may they find stability through the Holy Spirit at this moment. May they find encouragement and hope to know that You are able. Father, as they put their trust in You for this situation, may they sense Your peace and receive Your presence and understanding to know that You will see them through. I ask this all in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone would say, Amen. Amen. Amen.